It is a new day, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. I am blessed to fellowship with you as we spend the next few moments hearing the word of God. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is your moment to receive life and bring in the message of life is our friend and our teacher, Pastor Josh. So now to start to talk about the, uh, how to hear from God. It's important to know that everyone wants to know the mind of God. Everyone wants to know. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't take that to be the sound of God, okay? That is not the voice of God. That's the voice of the technical department. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I need a bottle of water. Thank you, Father. So everyone wants to hear the voice of God. We want to know the will of God, you know. But from the very beginning, let me lay out some very good um, things that we are going to be working with as we embark on this journey, okay. Now, no matter the shape and the form that the word of God is going to come, I want you to get that, just have that settled in your subconscious. No matter how God chooses to speak to you, no matter the method or the venue or the or the or the or the or the instrument the Lord chooses to use, it must necessarily always correspond with the written word of God. God will never tell you anything. God will never show you any dreams. God will never give you any inner witness. God will never show you any vision. God will never speak anything to you through a pastor, through a prophet. God will never communicate to you through circumstances that will violate his own written word. Wherever, however, he chooses to communicate to your spirit, it must correspond with the written word of God. So, the word is the judge. The word of God is the judge. Because there are all kinds of spirits. You can say, oh, the spirit told me. The spirit told me. Let me ask you this question. Why do we have a problem with the Mormons? It is because their leader, some time ago, I don't know how long now, said he had a revelation. And that the revelation seemed to improve on the word of God. And so the Mormon church right now, they value the revelation of Joseph Smith more than the Bible. They don't even read the Bible anymore. That's why we say they are occults. They don't believe in the Bible. They operate outside the Bible. So whatever you hear, whatever you are told, and yes, you will hear voices. Okay, let me give you an example. Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. Let me just start with that scripture tonight. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Now, that spirit of divination, some, uh, if you dig deep, they will tell you it's not spirit of divination. It's called the spirit of the python. He said, this slave girl possessed with a spirit of what? Divination. Or the spirit of python. Metals, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, these things this girl was saying, was it a lie? This thing this girl was saying, was it wrong? Was it an error? It was the truth. But she was speaking it, she was proclaiming it, she was declaring it by a false spirit. And this is what the enemy does. The enemy, he paints a picture of what is right. But he does this. He now injects a dose of falsehood in it. The falsehood is so small that if you are not careful, you will miss it. You see, what he has to say was the truth. It was correct. There was nothing wrong about it. But she was doing it with a false spirit. In other words, not everybody that tells you things... Not every prophet that tells you things tells you your checking account number, 
tells you what your mom was wearing the day she gave birth to you, the trees behind your houses, the, the, the person that was buried at the back of your house. Yeah, those things may exist, but what spirit is she or is he speaking from? What spirit is at work in that person? You have to understand these things, or else you're going to be fooled many times. They will prophesy wrongly to you, and they will get your attention, and then from there, they begin to what? To manipulate you. And that is Pentecostal witchcraft, because there are three aspects of witchcraft, right? Three aspects of, it's called, you know, control, uh, uh, um, manipulation, and domination. The ultimate aim of witchcraft is to dominate you. But it starts with manipulation. It goes to control. And then from control, it comes to what? Domination. Hallelujah. So he tells you things. And these things, they seem right. And then he catches your attention. She catches your attention. And from that point on, everything he tells you, you don't check it out. You don't line it side by side with the word. You see? But the prophet said. But the prophet said. Some prophets have told women to leave their husbands before. So have told their husbands to leave their wives before. I have a problem with this. If God anointed you to see that, God forbid, that somebody's wife is a witch, I believe that that same God should give you the anointing to cast out the witchcraft from that person. So, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation, verse 18. And this she did for many days. For many days, she was following Paul and these other apostles and she was proclaiming it as she was proclaiming it as she was proclaiming it but Paul greatly annoyed you see that tells you something many of you believe that once you're a man of God you should not be annoyed over anything your emotions should become plastic you should just have plastic emotions. Whatever anybody tells you, you suck it up. Whatever anybody does to you, you are supposed to be a man of God. You just do the sign of cross. Hallelujah. They slap you here, then you give them this side. And like that bishop said, when they slap you here and you give them here and they slap here, what is remaining? You fight back. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So this man of God, and there's no man of God that was more spiritual than even uh, Paul. Paul even had to correct Peter at the point in time. Peter, who was the Pope of the church, Paul had to correct him. What kind of character are you exhibiting like this? Paul corrected him. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, you see, he wasn't talking to the girl. There was a spirit at work in that girl. The people you are listening to, what is the spirit at work in them? The spirit you are getting into partnership, the people you are getting into partnership with, the people you are getting married to, what is the spirit that is at work within them? The spirit that the people that you are taking advice from them, what is the spirit that is at work in them? The Bible says that concerning John the Baptist, he said when they saw him, he said, and Jesus said that the spirit of Elijah was at work in John the Baptist. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. They saw Elijah, they knew that, oh my God, the spirit of Elijah has entered this man. The people you are listening to, you have to be careful of the spirit that is at work in them. You have to be very careful. There may be, there are all kinds of spirits. And every time I talk about exchange of spirit, exchange of spirit, when you are relating with people, it's an exchange of spirit. What kind of spirit are you receiving from them? And what kind of spirit are they passing over to you? So you have to be very, very careful, okay? So, uh, Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. What spirit was this girl prophesying with? It's called familiar spirits. You have to understand this. Demons don't die. Spirits don't die. There are demons that are in charge of families. There are demons that are in charge of territories. I don't want to scare you. One of the things I like about Oklahoma is that we don't have water here. We don't have water. So we don't, we don't have many things we are dealing with. Like places where they have big water around them, they know the kind of spirits they deal with. Okay? Right? Where I was living before, it's called Virginia. We go there, the spirit that is operating that place is the marine spirit. In fact, it is a city symbol. It's a symbol. You see the spirit of man-made, carvings of man-made all over the city. Everywhere you turn to, 
mermaid, mermaid. It's not, uh, it's open secret, right? If you go to Florida, the same thing. If you go to all these places, they have things they are dealing with. Now, Oklahoma, where you live, go to your state capital and go and see what is on the state building, the capital building. Then you will know what we are dealing with. But thank God that one scripture can take care of that situation. You will see an Indian warrior, as if with an axe or whatever it is. Those are territorial spirits. Now, these spirits have been around for, for forever. Forever they've been there. So, in other words, they have fires. They know situations about people, about families. They know the historical things that have gone on in areas. So, just by going into their data a little bit, into their archives, they can bring us some revelation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hello. You know, in some places in Africa, they say some of these prophets, oh, my God, he can see. But the truth of the matter is they don't see through the Bible. Many of them, they go and wash their face. They go and wash. There's what they call washing of face. So every three months, every six months, you go and renew the covenant. You know, you may have to start with 300,000, then ultimately 600,000, then ultimately 1 million, then ultimately they'll say, bring your daughter. Then your daughter is done, you know, bring your mother. Okay, choose between your mother and your wife. Your mother that suffered for you and your wife that has been a pillar to you. You see what I'm talking about? So you have to be very, very careful. The spirit that is at work, they are a familiar spirit. And this thing, they know they have information. They have information about people and places. You have to know, have that at the back of your mind, that it is not everything that is supernatural that is God. Something can be supernatural, but not necessarily of God. Like this one was supernatural. What this girl was saying here, was she's a small girl. She may be 16, she may be 17 years old, max, maybe 18 years old. But yes, she knew she had information that was deep, 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 really deep. How did she know it? By the familiar spirit, okay? Everything supernatural is not necessarily godly. Hello, somebody. Everything spectacular is not necessarily godly. Say a big amen. So I needed to clarify that. But right from the beginning, man has always wanted to hear the voice of God. And that was why I see that from the very beginning, man will go to uh, sorcery, things like sorcery, things like fortune tellers. They have, they have always been in the Bible. Even as sophisticated as America is today, fortune tellers, palm readers, because man wants to know. There's a curiosity in a man. There's in a man that only the supernatural can satisfy. That is why I mean, sometimes you seem as if this Bible thing is not fast enough. So people will mix Bible and some other things. And then they get confused in the process. But before we look at the voice, how to hear the voice of God, it's important for us to know that there are different kinds of voices. There are many kinds of voices all over the place. And today, uh, let me just run through very quickly, and then we'll talk about three of them specifically for tonight, okay? Okay, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. I put this teaching for tonight on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. Look at the scripture. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. So many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them is without signification. In other words, all these voices, they have impact. All these voices, they affect you. All these voices, they are loaded. All these voices should not be ignored. Because they will ultimately either limit you, put a ceiling on you, or mess you up. All these voices, they have signification. They are significant. There are many voices. So what are these voices? Of course, number one, we have the voice of God. The voice of God. Number two, we have the voice of the flesh. The voice of the flesh. The flesh has a voice. It has voice. And the voice of the flesh is feelings. Number three, we have the voice of the mind. Have you not seen people? You counsel them. Counsel them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Protect them. Give them everything. But they are going to do what they want to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what you tell them. It doesn't matter how right it may seem. They are going to do what is in their mind until they are foolish people because 
they rather learn from their own examples. It's a foolish person that only learns from his her own mistakes. A wise person should learn from the mistakes of other people. Why does it have to happen to you before you learn? Can't you open your eyes and see what is going on with people? Can't you open your eyes and see what is going on in some situations? You can learn from those things. A wise man will learn. A wise woman will learn. But a foolish person, a foolish person will think he's invisible. She will think she's invisible. Until pain. The only language you understand is the language of pain. The voice of the mind. Then, of course, number four. The voice of the devil. Number five, the voice of a prophet. Number six, the voice of your pastor. That means if you have a pastor, because some people don't have pastors. No, they go to church, but they don't have pastor. Uh, somebody who was trying to win me to the Christ for a long time, he couldn't succeed. Uh, he, and it was because he was going about it the wrong way. He was trying to win me to Christ, but there was no love in his actions. I didn't even know. You know, we were all doing bad, bad stuff together, and he now became born again. And when he became born again, to start with, he started sleeping on the same bed with me. He said, because I'm a sinner. We slept on the same bed. We ate from the same plate. Even when they give us food, he would divide the food. He would take his own out. <laughs> what kind of, is it? I said, is this how wicked Christianity is? So me, I did like that. I will never become born again. That's what I said. Because of the way he was going about it. Anyway, he was, and the Lord used him mightily and all that. You know, he didn't know. But with the last time I went home, 2012, this guy now had no church. He was not going to any church. He was now too sophisticated for the church where he was born again. And now he goes to these other churches. The word was not there. And he goes to these other churches. They are, they, he likes some aspect of it. He doesn't like some aspect of this. So every song, the wife was telling him, say, please talk to your friend. Say, as he is like this now. He's not, he doesn't have a church. He just goes all over the place. I saw one day we're eating at night. I said, I called his name. I said, so now you don't have no pastor as you are like this. He said, no. He said, hey, all those pastors, da, 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 da. I said, so no, 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 no. It's, we are friends now. We don't pretend. For I said, so you don't have no pastor. Eh, hey, well, you know. I said, so you don't even tight. He said, I, I, I don't, I don't, I give offering. I said, so the food you are giving me now is stolen food. This food I'm eating in your house. So I washed my hand. I said, I'm not eating again. He said, ah, ah, ah bros. <laughs> I said, no, this is stolen food. The stolen food you are giving me. I'm not going to eat this food again. The, the wife said, eh, eh. You, but you know, Africa, he just gave you what his wife look. So he goes to churches, but he has no pastor. But the voice of your pastor is one voice, then the voice of your friends. Evil communication corrupts good manners, evil communication. If you are hanging out with the wrong people, that voice, whether you like it or not, is going to come into you. And one day, you may say it's not affecting you, but you are going to be thinking about it, and one day, you are going to start to talk like them, you are going to start to think like them, you are going to start to act like them. Before you know what is happening, you are acting all crazy. Then, of course, number eight, the voice of your parents. The voice of your parents. It can be your, both your biological parents and your spiritual parents. Okay, number nine, the voice of your spirit, you have a spirit in you. And the spirit, the spirit in you is the candlelight, it's like a candlelight of the Lord in you. So it's called conscience. That is why even when you do something bad and nobody catches you, nobody arrests you, your peace goes, your peace dies. You know, you are not happy, you are restless. That is your spirit, that is your voice of your spirit. I say, you, you should not have talked like that. You should not have done that. That is wrong. That is messed up. See now, see your life. Why now? Don't do this. Don't do that. The voice of your spirit. And please listen to this number 10. This is very powerful. Somebody say powerful. Very powerful. The voice of your spouse. Very powerful. The voice of your spouse. I'm telling you. Very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Then, number 11, the voice of circumstances. Voice of circumstances. See now, look at my life now. I'm 39 years old. I'm not yet married. I know this thing they are talking safe. Uh, uh, light and darkness have nothing in common. My biological clock is sticking away. Who is going to marry me now? Look at me now. And the nearest guy is a Muslim. So after all, I can marry him and change him. I can marry him and change him. Then you marry him, then he changes you. I've seen, I've seen my life. I don't have paper. See, no green card. 
you see, and then we make some kinds of decisions and all that. And of course, number two, finally, we have the voice of your will. You know, the will, the will is very powerful. And this is one thing about God. God respects your will. Whatever, now, that's why if you choose to become a born again, all glory be to God. The heavens will rejoice that you choose to become born again. But if you choose to go to hell or say you want to be an atheist, God will respect it. But in the end, he will hold you table for your decision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why God cannot force anybody to become born again. He cannot force you to walk or to live a sanctified life. He will not force you to live according you know, to the precepts of the Bible. He will not force you. You go on, do what you want to do, talk how you want to talk, act all you want to act, but one day judgment will come, and then you will see. Hallelujah. One thing that God did was that God created us as a free moral agent. That means, basically, we can do whatever we want to do, but then in the, at the end of our lives, he's going to hold us accountable to our actions. Today, very quickly, I want to talk about three of those voices. Until we know these voices, even when God is speaking, we won't know that this is God that is speaking. It's important that we know these voices so that every time, once we know them, and the voice of the Spirit rings clear, we will know that, oh, this is the voice of the people, and this is the voice of the Spirit. So I want to start with the voice of the people. The voice of the people. Because of where we live, they tell you that the voice of the people is the voice of God. Have you heard that before? In fact, they even have a Latin slang for it, the voice populi, voice dei. They used to teach us that in whatever, in, in, in Latin and all that. I, you know, it really amazes me because I'm still struggling to understand English and you are teaching me Latin, which I don't understand. It says voice populi, voice dei. The voice of the people is the voice of God. Where did you hear that from? That is not biblical because there is a way that seemed right unto man, but the end thereof is what? Is destruction. Most of the time, why? We want to be like other people. We want to be like other people. We want to talk like other people. We want to dress like other people. Hallelujah. We want to act like other people. We want to get the same ovation that other people get. Amen. Whether rightly or wrongly. Or, wrong, or wrongly. But many times, the majority is always in error. The majority is always in error. Ah, you to look at it. They brought Jesus Christ out. And they brought an Ambroba, a killer out. And they put them. Let us vote on these two people. Who should go scot free and who should be let go? And the people in mass voted to kill Jesus Christ. Now, excuse me, what did Jesus Christ do again? He healed their sick, he raised their dead, he multiplied their food for them, he, he turned water to wine, he brought smiles on the face of those that were depressed. Hallelujah! He brought hope to them, took those who were demon possessed. You know, cast out the demon, cleansed them out, gave them the power to a sanctification to live right. That's all Jesus ever did. He never stole from anybody. He never took anybody's girlfriend. He never did any crazy things. When the tax people, they were forcing, he said, okay, no problem. Even though I'm not supposed to pay tax, he sent his Peter, go to the stream, catch a fish, open the mouth of the fish. Whatever money you find there, go pay tax. So he was law-abiding. He says, give what is Caesar's to Caesar. He never had a problem with anybody. And yet, the people, the people, somebody say people. The people say, crucify him. They say, crucify him. They say, crucify him. They say, crucify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you see the same account in 1 Samuel chapter 8. as from verse 4. The purpose for Israel was to be their God and their king. His desire for them was to lead them through the priests, was to be their king. And things were going very well. He protected them. Even when he was in the wilderness, he protected them. When they needed water, he was there. 430 years of slavery, he brought it to an end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He led them by the pillar of cloud during the day and by a pillar of fire in the night. That's divine direction right there. Divine direction right there. The Bible says, and it embarked on that journey all through None of their sandals wore out. Their clothes did not wear out. They were strong in body. They were strong in the mind. He preserved them by a mighty hand all through those years of journey. Through those years of journey. But it was not enough. He got to a time 
the people of Israel. God wanted Israel to be his own peculiar people, his special people, something like a wife. They were dear to his heart. They were the apple of his eyes. They were people among people. But it got to a time, they began to look around them. They began to see other nations. They had kings. They saw royalty. They began to see other people. They began to see things. And all of a sudden, they wanted to have a king. They wanted to have this. They wanted to have that. And they began, and, and, and it didn't distress Samuel. And Samuel cried, said, ah, what can't you say? And God told Samuel, said, listen, listen. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me. And so God sent him back to them. He said, go and tell them, when you have a king, this and this and these are the things a king does. The king will take your wife. The king will take your land. The king will do this. The king will task you. The king will do this. They say, no, we don't mind. Somebody said, no, we don't mind. They well, no, they just wanted to be like other people. They wanted to be like other people. And so you look at First Samuel chapter 8, verse 4, verse 5, verse 7. And, to, and then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Rema, yeah, verse 5, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us, like what? Like all the other nations, all the other nations, all the other nations, the voice of the people, the voice of the people, right? Verse 7, and the Lord said unto Samuel, hacking unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. That I should not reign over them. And this is one thing about God. When you bug God, you bug him, you bug him, you bug him. You see, there is the perfect will of God. There is the uh, good will of God. And there is the acceptable will of God. It's like somebody who is praying for a spouse. Once you make up your mind on a guy or a lady. And then, you know, you can get to that level when you are praying. Which, you know, there are people who pray. One eye shut, one eye open. God, give me a wife. God, give And they are scanning all the in the church. God, 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 why, God, why? Give me my Rebecca, give me my Rebecca. And I look at the shoes of the girl, and I look at her legs, and I look at her nose. God, God, God. Even a sister that may give him peace will come. They look at that nose. Short. Oh, God, 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 God. <laughs> they look at some of the girls. They say, oh my God, this one is not set. Or you look at a brother. The brother comes to church. For two months, it's the same suit he's wearing to church. And you say, me and this one, I reject poverty in Jesus' name. <laughs> you don't know what that brother is going to become in three years' time. Yeah, though that beginning may be small. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't know what that brother is going to become in three years' time, in four years' time. You look at him, you look at her, you say, there's no road for this one. Me, me, I will follow this one. Then my friends will not be looking at, you see my friend, the voice of the people. Many of you marry not according to what will give you joy, but so you can show up to your friend. Now, this is the unfortunate part of it. Your friends will not stay with that girl. Your friends will not stay with that girl. In fact, we have a saying in our place that 20 children cannot play together for 20 years. After some time, all those your friends, all of you, everybody will scatter to Israel. Some will end up in Kentucky. Some will end up in Afghanistan. Some will end up in wherever. Because of the friends that you chose that girl, they are no longer there. You are now suffering. You are suffering. And you pray, Lord, take this pain away. The Lord will say, hold on. You just suffer for only 90 years. When you die, you come to heaven and rest. Because I spoke to you. You didn't listen. I spoke to you to the pastor. You didn't listen. If there's somebody that is about to take a major decision. I've been begging this person now for, I don't know, two months. But his mind is made up. His mind is made up. On Sunday, I said, okay, this guy's mind is made up. And at that level, we don't say anything anymore. You just keep quiet. It looks okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. So that's why I see people pray, pray, pray. Take this pain away. Take this pain away. Why me? Why me? No. Why me? Because you were stupid and dumb from the very beginning. You didn't listen when the voice of counsel was speaking. Hallelujah. So the voice of people. So when you bug him, bug him, bug him, bug him, even what is not his plan, you say, okay, take. And face the consequences. And face the repercussion. That I have not rejected me, that I should not read over them. Okay, verse 8. See, and according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Verse 9. 
Now they are for hacking onto their voice. You see, which voice? The voice of the people. You want to marry him? Marry him. You want to marry her? Marry her. Hallelujah. How be it? Yet, protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Three years as a pastor, I struggled because I will not only tell you things, I want to help you make, it, make you do it. But when I knew, as I began to mature in the pastoral office, I discovered, no, 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 my job is to tell you. My job is to tell you. If I tell you, you know more than me, psh, glory be to God. I move on. It's not fight. And I'll see you tomorrow. You know, initially you think, well, that's very disrespectful. How can a pastor talk to you? This and that, you know, he doesn't bother me. Initially it was, I said, ah, no, no. If you like married, you don't tell me. When you call, are you married? I say, congratulations. <laughs> and I will still pray for the marriage. God bless them or help them to enjoy themselves. But, no, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so the Lord will try to convince you. But if you are not, he will leave you alone. Okay, quickly, verse 10. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that of him a king. Verse 11. Whew, my God. My goodness. And he said, this will be the... Okay, just go, to, go straight to verse 19. Verse 19 and verse 20. Okay? Verse 19 and verse 20 very quickly. He said, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. Hey! Verse 20. That we also may be like all the other nations. That we may be like all the other nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us. And fight our battles. In other words, I want a chick. I want a babe that I will bring like this. All my friends will bow. That my wife is powerful. That I look at my husband, six pack. Six pack, but very poor work ethic. Six pack, but can't get along with anybody on the job. Six pack, but very rude and very disrespectful. Six pack, but not a family person. Sis Park, but cannot pray. Sis Park doesn't have a relationship with God. Sis Park. Don't you know that when people die, do you know the first part of the body that destroys is the stomach? Look at you. You don't know. I'm telling you these things. When somebody dies now, the first part of the body that we go. Mm -hmm. So the voice of the people, finally what? Finally, finally, final analysis. The voice of the people is the voice that drowns the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the gentle Holy Spirit, don't forget the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is not abrasive. He's not forceful. He will not just impose anything on you. And he will be telling you small, small. He will be nudging you. Say, ah, ah, ah. Can't you see? Don't you see? It's not like that. Slow down. It's not so. This is how God wants it. That is how God wants it. But of course, the voice of the people is what? Always drown the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now look at um, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. Galatians 1 and verse 10. We, we really need to speed it up. Galatians 1, 10. Okay. He said, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? Do I seek to when I say men, women too. Do I seek to please people? Okay. Now, these people we are talking about, they are people who are outside the will of God. Okay. I don't want you to come to church now and you are dressed in a very terrible way and somebody is trying to tell you, I say, well, I'm not listening to people, people, people. No, 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 no. Or you are, you know, you know, we are all at different levels of growth, okay? There are things you don't know now. People know it. It's, we tell you, the pastor will tell you, don't do like that, don't do like that. Watching over your soul. He's watching over your soul. He doesn't have anything personal to gain from it. So he doesn't wear people, me, you know, it's the voice of the spirit. No, no, it's me. I just do my thing. I just, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be me. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing you are going to become that somebody has not become. There's nothing you are going to attain. There's no status you will attain that people have not attained and they are forgotten about it. So why don't you just shut up and sit down and listen to the voice of wisdom? Instead of arrogating all knowledge and wisdom to yourself. It's going to mess, mess you up. And the things that, that, those kind of things can lengthen your journey through life. It can lengthen your journey. The journey that should take you two years, it can end up taking you 15 years because of stupid decisions. Stupid decisions. Hallelujah. 
He said, for do I not persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. That's why any pastor who is still trying to please the people is not yet ready to serve God. Amen. Now, I give you this warning short, okay? Be very careful of people who are very conscious of making good impressions everywhere. There are Mr. and Mrs. Nice. All they want to do is to look good in the books, in the eyes of people. Everywhere they go to, be careful of those people. They are people pleasers. Get away from them. They will ruin you. People pleasers, Mr. Nice, their hands smooth. They always have solution to every answer to every question. Be careful of them. Be very, very careful of them. Are you still there? <sighs> many ladies, and I've seen this in church here, many ladies, they yield to the voice of the people and they ask them, why are you still a virgin at this age? I heard in this, I heard in Oklahoma, this Oklahoma City, so they were telling the girl, why should you still be a virgin at this age? If you are, if you are a virgin, it can cause hormonal problems. They were telling her. And she came and told me, Pastor, is it true? I said, hey, no, it's not true. It's not true. I said, their lives are messed up. They want your life to be messed up like their own lives. Don't listen to them. Yes! In this Oklahoma. Say, if you don't do this thing now, something will be wrong with your hormones. I said, a big fat lie. So I directed her to a sister who I know can sufficiently equip her in that area within the church. They make you feel that as a girl, if you are not, if you are not having sex, you are weird. Something is wrong with you. They put it in your head that you are not cool, that you are not cute. But they want you to be as destroyed as they are. Because mystery loves company. Ah, and you hear these things also. Thank God for a good associate pastors. You hear some members start going to associate pastors. That's the voice of the people. Say, ah, ah, you know, I like to come to church to hear preaching on the day you preach. Your, preach, your preaching blesses me more. Because by nature, the senior pastor of every church is called to do the bad job. He's the one that takes the hard decisions. He's the one that enforces. He's the one that disciplines. So the associate all over the world, I don't care anywhere. The associate pastor, the Mr. Nice, like, okay, uh, okay, sorry, sorry, you know, like, by nature, the senior pastor does all the dirty job, the heating and the everything. And <laughs> so, please, when are you preaching? That is when I want to come to church. Hello? Somebody say the voice of the people. We are not making this things up. Somebody, I was in this church for 18 months. Somebody didn't greet me. But every Father's Day, every birthday, every Easter, every Christmas, they'll buy gifts. I'm going to give my associate pastor. And you are not greeting the senior pastor. Somebody say the voice of the people. So that kind of thing can enter the, if the associate pastor is not very careful, it can enter his head. Oh my God. Oh my God. They, 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 are, they, are, they are feeling me. They are feeling me. They are feeling me. You go start church. Then your eye will see Pepe. Then the demons, the pastor is fighting. Then you will know that it's no joke. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The voice of the people. The voice of the people. Now don't forget this. Do not forget this. Psalm 75 from verse 6 to 7. Very quickly. 75, 6 to 7. Say for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Yeah, verse seven. But God is the judge; He put it down one and set it up. In other words, promotion does not come from anybody. Promotion does not come from people. So when you take your decision based on people, guess what? You are going to continuously depend on the people for provision. But unfortunately, not only are people powerless to help you, they will often turn against you. You see, the people that are shouting today, Hosanna 
Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. A couple of days down the line, they will start singing, crucify, crucify, crucify. Those you think that they are your hardest, keenest supporters today, they will be the first to turn against you. I know of a pastor who went to a town and started the church in the town because a registered nurse told him to come. And he went and started the church. And I know him. The church started. Guess who was the first person to leave the church? The registered nurse. Glory be to God. So instead of as many as are led by the Spirit of God, but these are as many as are led by registered nurses. She was the even there is some even in Oklahoma City, some people left this church. They said they saw one prophet. They started their church. I need to write a book. Will you buy? Will you buy? Metro, will you buy copies? All of you must buy whether you like it or not. They went, they followed prophets. One prophet, one prophet that started the church. They now made one woman who has always been wanting to be matron at all costs. They now made her the matron. They ordained her. They ordained them. I was in Korea. They ordained them on a Saturday. That was the last day that she went to that church. And she was the one that brought the prophet. It was her money they used to register the church. She was the one that put the prophet in her house for months. The moment they registered the church, they ordained her as a matron. The next day, she was the first to leave the church. As many as are led by registered nurses. They shall be called the foolish people in the whole world. Uh, this one, I didn't read it. I saw it with my two eyes. Somebody said the voice of experience. <laughs> so, those that are calling you Messiah, Messiah, Messiah today. Don't listen to people. People will mess you up. A friend that is trying to convince you to follow a boy. If the boy is that good, why don't the friend follow the boy? Why is he forcing, convincing you, persuading you to follow the boy? If the boy is that good, she should break her own relationship and follow the boy. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to just stop on that one, okay? Because I don't want to talk too much. Number two, the voice of circumstances. The voice of circumstances. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 22. The voice of circumstances. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this word and the care of this word. Someone said the care of this word and the care of this word and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and it becomes unfruitful. What does circumstances mean? It means things, circumstances means things standing around your life. You know things around your life. Your life is like a pillar like this. Then there are things around your life. It may be school. It may be children. It may be marriages. It may be children. It may be weather. It may be age. Circumstances mean things surrounding your life. So when you now allow these things to become the voice that dominates, the voice that leads you to make decisions, then you are in for trouble. How many of us know that circumstances are temporary? For example, if you have a problem with a sister now, that problem may be temporary. The problem may be for only two weeks. It may be for only one year. Hallelujah. You know, you know for example, if, if you have a problem in the marriage, you know, marriage problems is temporary. Hopefully the two people, they are wise enough to see issues and they solve, they talk, they solve it, and then you avoid what you can avoid and look the other way sometimes. You know, wisdom, you know, is profitable to direct, right? I mean, even problem in marriages is temporary. So you don't make decisions because of there's a problem in marriage. And all of a sudden, the things you didn't used to do, you now begin to do all those stupid stuff. You don't do that. Okay, if the economy is bad today, let's assume the economy is bad. The eco economy is bad. You know that as children of the covenant, you are not, the economy is not what determines how you live. Because you are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill. A city that is set on a hill. You know, you, you, you are representatives of heaven. It's like you have an embassy. It's like an American embassy in Nigeria, an American embassy in Syria alone, an American embassy in Sudan. The people and the embassy, they don't function based on the economy of their host countries. 
Hallelujah. Even those who are working at the embassy in Nigeria, they are paid dollars. They live according to the standard of their home country, of their home country, wherever it is they are coming from. It doesn't matter the inflation or the prevailing circumstances. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are an ambassador of Christ. So you cannot say because the economy is bad, because the price of gas has gone on, because the price of milk has gone from $1.19 to $1.20, you stop paying your tithe. Hello? It's funny, but people do it. Because gas, I got to pay my bills, I got to pay my bills, I got to pay my bills, then you skip your tithe. And that is the iron of it. Then you eat your tithe, and the problem is down by seven. Because you are not only a debtor, now you are a thief. Did I tell you the story of a donkey? That was a donkey. The donkey has gone very, came from a very far journey. And the donkey was now very hungry. If it was not hungry, the donkey was starving. Starving and thirsty. So, he now got to a place, he now saw the donkey's food in one far end of the field, one bag of hay. You know, haze and all those things. And on this other extreme end, he saw another bag of donkey food on this extreme end of the field, very far too. So the donkey being a born again, the donkey was a Christian, okay? Was a born again. So the donkey now, it's okay, let me pray and find out the will of God. Concerning these two, which of them go for? You know you're supposed to do that, right? So, as the donkey was about to put his head down and bend down and pray, he looked to his left-hand side. He saw a bucket of water with food on the left-hand side. So, he said, Father, and he prayed, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need your will in this matter. Thank you for your will is done in Jesus' name. And he opened eyes. And you guess what the donkey did, right? The donkey moved. <laughs> Amen. Because he has seen a bucket of water. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Then they also which have fallen asleep in Christ, verse 58. Amen. Verse 58. Okay. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye. Can you read after me? Be ye. On. Always. In the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You don't stop serving God because now you are married. You don't stop serving God because you hear people, they said, eh, oh my God, I don't go to church again because I work on Sundays. And hey, thank God for pastor missus that you have in your church. Every Sunday you see her, she's coming from work. And now, there are people, they work together for years. They have never been to church because once they close and they get home on Sunday morning, they want to sleep. And there are many of you here like that. You know, Sister T, all those, uh, Geraldine, all those, Nabi, all of you. And it really challenges me as a person. Somebody has worked for 12 hours, and they put time for uh, commuting back and forth. 13 hours shift, and they go home, and they shower, and they wear their church clothes, and they come to church, and they still keep their eyes open, and after it's all done, they still go back home to get some sleep, and many of them still go back to work 7 p.m. that night. That is it. My brethren, my sister, my sister, be ye steadfast. Be ye steadfast, be ye unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. You cannot sit down because you have children. You cannot come to church. My children are running temperature. Oh, I, I, you cannot come to church because my children slept late. What were you looking at? The Bring the children to church to sleep. Some women will no longer pay tight again because their husband will be upset. So the mon your money is cost. So both you and your husband, you are thief. And when trouble starts, God is going to hold you responsible. Because the man doesn't know in most cases. Men still fighting their wife by tight. Be abandoned. Don't say, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to offend him. So people don't even pray loud again. Some men are forcing. Why some people are praying? I want my wife to be on fire. I want my wife to be on fire. Some are fighting their wife. You know, it's too much. Ah! Monday, church. Tuesday, church. Wednesday, church. Thursday, church. Every day, pastor this. Every day, pastor. Every day, church, church, church. Do you have a life outside church? I'm not making this up. These are issues we have handled. Somebody fighting his wife. Ah, can't we just go to church only Sunday? Oh, do we have to pray like that? Everything. Can't we just be quiet? Just 
Yeah, you can be quiet like that until cancer enter your body. You will know that cancer is not sign of the cross. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. When cancer connects, when you know that you will have to first cause the cancer and tell the cancer to die and command the healing power of God to enter your body. Because the cancer is working 24 hours to take you out. If you are not praying two minutes, how can your prayer of two minutes withstand cancer that is working 24-7? Seven days in a week. Throughout the year to finish you. Hallelujah. Okay, so we cannot allow all the circumstances to hold us back, to distract us. They shall come to pass, okay? They shall come to pass. The children will grow up. The husband will become better. The wife will become better. The economy will change. You get a better job. The supervisor will be fired. And you get a better shift. Can you say a big amen? I'm going to stop that one there. And then finally, in five, ten minutes, quickly. Number three, one is the voice of the flesh. Verse of the flesh, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 6. For to be carnally minded is death. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. Hallelujah. So the voice of the flesh is the voice that expresses your desires and feelings. Your desires. So, and I've told you every time you've heard me say this, 95% of, of the time, your, you, if you follow your feelings, you will get it wrong. You know, feelings, I just feel like, I just feel like, I just feel like, I just feel like, I just feel like. 95% of the time, your feelings will mess you up. I'm just telling you, oh, this boy, every time you just hear of him, every time you just see the boy, your body just be doing you big, 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 You just be feeling big, 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 big. When five years' time, we will see whether your body will say, big, 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 big. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're just trying to show him up. Try to show him off that you have a guy that is tall, a guy that is this, a guy that is that. The, what makes a man a man, he does not have it. Or what makes a woman a woman, he, yeah, she has pointed nose. Yes, she's, she's, she's fair complexion like Abimbola. Hallelujah. Straight leg, straight nose, everything. But the first time she opens her mouth, poison comes out. You will live without poison till you die. Hello. Hallelujah. He must be very cold. My boy is hot. My girlfriend is cute. She's so cute. He's so cute. We shall see. Oh, my pastor is cute. He better be anointed too. Oh, my church building, our church building. Look, at, we have a cathedral. Healing has not happened in that church. Headache, killing of headache has not happened in that church for 35 years. In the cathedral, you take picture, you, you get take picture, then you send home. See, see our church, see our church. <laughs> so your feelings, this is the, the voice that expresses your desires. How many of us know that if you eat everything you want to eat, you sleep every time you want to sleep, and you do all those crazy things anytime you want to do them? How many of us know that we cannot make it? You are not going to make it. Every time you are upset, you lash out. Everything you think, you say it. If you say everything you think, you are not going to make it. You are not going to make it. You are not going to make it. So you have to have a filter in your head to process the kind of thing that comes out of your mouth. Does it make sense? You better be careful what you say around your boss and your supervisors. You better be careful what you say around your parents, both your biological parents and your spiritual parents. They don't have to play, place a curse on you. You better be careful what you say because the Holy Ghost is around you. Words can break the Holy Ghost, can grieve him. Hallelujah. You better be careful. Mm -hmm. So the flesh is a very dangerous thing to what? To follow. Amen. Even Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, he said the spirit is what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the f you cannot depend on the flesh. You cannot depend on suspicion. You are not going to make it at all, at all, at all. Naturally, the flesh wants to do the wrong thing. The flesh wants to sleep. The flesh doesn't want to fast. The flesh doesn't want to pray. The flesh doesn't want to forgive. The flesh doesn't want to make up with somebody. 
Hallelujah. The flesh does not want to give. The flesh does not want to ask for forgiveness. The flesh is arrogant, is proud, is full of self. Look at me. Me. And you know the flesh always influences you through the path of least resistance. Listen. And every time you are, people who are always looking for the easy way, they always end up in destruction. Hello. Many of you, many of you may not understand this. Some of us were in high school. The people who follow the path of least resistance, they fell into all the wrong hands. Okay? Oh, this suffering is too much. This suffering is too much. Path of least resistance. The easy way out. Go and sell drugs. Move some numbers at your job. Cut corners. The easy way out. The easy way out. The easy way out. Never takes you to the top. Flesh always influences you along the course of least resistance. Now, I end with this. I want you to remember these keys when you are dealing with the flesh. Okay? If you have a pen, please write. Although the CDs are going to be available after the whole series. When you are dealing with the flesh. Because the flesh is the most stubborn thing you can ever deal with. The flesh is more stubborn than demons, than principalities and powers. The greatest battle you will fight is against your own flesh. Against your own flesh. So remember these keys when you are dealing with the flesh. Number one, the voice of your flesh is your human desire. Your human desire. Your human desire. The desire to get back at people. Show them pepper. Let them know that if you mess with me, there's a price to pay. Have you heard that before? Number two, the voice of your flesh is your physical feeling. Have you seen somebody who is upset? Sometimes they are angry and they will be shaking. And you will see their eyes will become red. And you're like, ha. Wrath, anger. Is this the same person? Hello? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. The voice, number three, the voice of your flesh says, do what feels nice. And do what feels good. Yeah. It's nice. It's Everybody's doing it. It's cozy. The voice of your flesh says, do what feels good and easy. Number four, the voice of your flesh says, do not obey the say, do not obey the voice of your flesh if you want to be blessed. Every time you obey your flesh, you are not blessed. You cannot be blessed. And look at it. Finally, number five. This is how you silence the voice of the flesh. You ready? Are you ready? Is somebody still writing? This is how every time, every time, no exceptions, this is how you silence the voice of the flesh. By doing what is hard and difficult. By doing what is hard and difficult. I'll give you a few examples. If somebody upsets you, the voice of the flesh says, give him, your husband or your wife, silent treatment. Let them know. But the hard thing in that circumstance is to go and meet your husband and just grab him. They make, just make sure he's not angry when you grab him because <laughs> he grabbed him at the wrong time. Can <laughs> he receive an intercontinental ballistic missile? So the hard thing, you grab your husband and just kiss him. Say, I still love you. Let the woman say, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you're not feeling it. That is why that is why it's the hard thing to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Glory be to God. Another manifestation. Every time the devil makes you not to pay your tithes, you miss your tithe. You justify it. I have an uncle that is sick. I have a cousin that is sick. Next time, take out your tithe, your checkbook, and double the tithes. Let everybody say, mm hmm. Anytime, pastor say fast, and you fast, 
are supposed to break at six o'clock. You know, when you're in your office, that is when they bring all the kinds of food, all the kinds of food. And just by three o'clock, say, Well, Pastor is not here, you take a piece of pizza and you eat it. Yeah, I see that's happened to you a lot of times. The way you laughed, I suspect you. When that happens to you, say, Mr. Stomach, you want me to die in poverty, I will pepper you. So instead of one day fast, you take three days fast, no food and no water. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Does it make sense? You see, it's hard. Every time you do what is hard, you get blessed for it. Yes and amen. Indeed, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe that you have been truly blessed. To receive more copies of this message and other messages by Pastor Josh, please call 405-418-6222 or visit us online at www.okcmc.tv. If you are within the area, come worship with us at the Miracle Center, 6051 North Brookline Avenue, Suite 133, Oklahoma City. Stay blessed and stay connected.